Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined uh, by a very special guest this week, Coach Brown. Coach, how you doing? I'm good, man. Re- glad to be back. For those of you who don't know, Coach Brown is Brandon Brown, who covers Michigan for our Michigan site, The Wolverine, which you can find at uh, thewolverine.com. And we call him Coach Brown because he once coached middle school girls basketball and made that uh, the name on his uh, Snapchat account. Is that right? I, give me, I coached football too, not at a high level, but I mean, yes, that is where the name originated from. My original Twitter handle was Coach Brown. Woody found that hilarious. So here we are. <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know what? If you became a regional analyst, the fans wouldn't be, be able to say that you were never a coach. <laughs> That's right, man. High level stuff at, in Pendleton, South Carolina. Okay. Well, uh, as most of you knew by listening last week, Nick is no longer on the show, so we do not have high-level production quality. Uh, Rob Cassidy did make his return last week. He was supposed to be on this week, but we had technical difficulties on Wednesday, pushing back the timeline. He's on the road now. So coach is in, uh, and uh, we're going to roll with it. So we want to remind everybody, leave us a review on iTunes. Please tell a friend, help get our numbers up. We're trying to uh, grow as we're here in the fall. And uh, we're halfway through the season. We've got all types of stuff going on. So let's jump right into it, Coach. We're going to pick five games. And uh, we're going to start right in the top 25. Last week, of course, by the way, I went four and one, as did Rob. Nick went two and three in his swan song. That makes makes me 13 and 12 on the year. I'm above 500, which, Coach, if you don't know, I went 20, 38, and three last year. So not strong. (laughs) Yeah, the fact that I've already got 13 wins this year out of the gate puts me in good shape. Rob is eight and two as he went four and one again. Uh, he's the guy to get the picks from, uh, but you know, got to have him on the show in order for that to happen. Is so, this just, is this just straight pick them? Are you doing spread, or what's the what's we're the pick, picking against the spread? Okay, all right, all right. So, uh, first up, Texas, Oklahoma, the Red River Shootout rivalry. Whatever uh, politically correct term uh, Coach Brown and his liberal friends use to describe the game. Um, (laughs) I am going to take the Longhorns to cover. I think this is going to be a close game. I like their defense, and I think they're going to give Kyler Murray some problems. But I like Oklahoma to win. I will take Texas to cover the seven-point spread. What do you think, Coach? Man, seven points. That's one of those things, man. Oklahoma's got that kind of offense that can explode, and you know sometimes it goes in the tank a little bit. Young quarterback, you know, he can make a mistake or two, a fumble here or there, like you said. Texas defense, man. So Oklahoma's getting seven. I think I'll go Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's going to cover that. I think they win by about ten. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. Is it could be it could be a, a seven point game, and Oklahoma could easily tack on a touchdown or two late, and it seems like they win by twenty one. So, um, LSU going to Florida. LSU was opened as a two and a half point favorite. It might have come down a little bit by now. Uh, this is an interesting one. I, we talked about this on the Sunday show, uh, and I said, you know, whatever it is, take the under because it's probably going to be like nine to six or something like that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take Florida outright. How about that, Coach? The upset. Put, put your money – now, th- this could be a very stupid pick because Felipe Franks could throw three pick sixes in the first quarter and the game could be over. But uh, I'm going to take the Gators. I'm going to go LSU. I'll go, I'll go Orgeron. Go Tigers. I'm going to go Orgeron and his boys to – ah, man, their offense isn't very good either, but it's two and a half? That seems, yeah. that seems awfully low. I think, I think uh, LSU will be able to win by more than that. All right, Notre Dame going to Virginia Tech. Notre Dame six-point favorites on the road. I am on the Notre Dame bandwagon, especially since they put Ian Book in at quarterback. I do not think Virginia Tech is that good. And I think we got all excited by them beating Florida State uh, to start the season, but we see Florida State is terrible. So I'm taking Notre Dame to cover the six and win on the road. I think the same. Uh, You know, I got a chance to see Notre Dame play Michigan in the season opener. Um, you know, at that time, we didn't know a lot about both teams, but it looks like Notre Dame's pretty darn good, and, and they just keep winning. They just keep stacking wins up, and, you know, that's good for our website. If Notre Dame keeps winning, it makes the Michigan loss look a little better if there is such a thing as a, a good-looking loss. So, yeah, I'll pick the Irish to cover. All right, speaking of Michigan, we're going to go with the Maryland at Michigan, the Wolverine 17-and-a-half-point favorites, and guess what? Give me Maryland. That's too many points. I've, I've made the mistake of trusting Michigan, I think it was against SMU, and they couldn't blow them out, so I'm not going to believe that they can blow out uh, anybody, let alone Maryland. I think they win. I think Maryland covers. Yeah, this is so tough. We were, I just talked about this earlier with a buddy on the radio. We, we don't know which team we're going to see. Michigan 
a little stagnant on offense against Notre Dame. Then they came out against Western Michigan. I mean, it is Western, but they blew their doors off. Then they looked a little stagnant against SMU. Then they absolutely torched Nebraska. Then they go on the road and they look and they barely squeak by Northwestern. So like, is this the bounce back game again? Are they going to look really good and cover by 17? I have them picked to win 34 to 13. So I guess that means I think they're going to cover. Uh, I don't, when you say it like that, they got to win by more than 17. I don't like how that sounds, but <laughs> my score prediction is more than that. So I guess, I guess I'll go with Michigan to cover, but they are notoriously bad against covering the spread. Michigan uh, will win, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was closer than that. I'll, I'll say that they cover, though. All right. That's a big number. That's what I'm saying. 17 and a half is a it lot is. of points. I, I like Maryland's defense. I like the familiarity with some of the coaches might have uh, still with what, with what Michigan's doing. So, so I'm going to take that. And then last but not least, uh, Florida state at Miami, the Seminoles 13 and a half point underdogs. And guess what? This is a beat them down situation for me. Give me the U. I think the turnover chain is going to be all over the field. That place is going to be rocking. I think this is going to be a classic Miami throwback game. This is going to be a send a message situation. I'm taking uh, the U. Yeah, give me the Canes too. I think I think Willie Taggart's a good coach, but I think that team has already kind of shut it down for the year. I just think they they already know that they're not very good. They're not playing for a lot. And if that one starts to slide early, it could get ugly. So yeah, give me the Canes. All right, now let's jump right into the topic. So those are our picks. Uh, I guess I should recap before I do. Uh, I like Texas, Florida, Notre Dame, Maryland, Miami, and uh, Coach and I disagree. He likes Oklahoma and LSU uh, in those first two games, and we agree on the Irish, the Wolverines, and the Canes. So uh, those are the picks. We'll see how Coach does in his first uh, first time under the gun picking against the spread. I see five uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm throwing that out there. <laughs> well, like I said, Rob is the guy who's trying to catch it eight and two, and he may never he he may disappear and not come on the podcast ever again. So uh, <laughs> you never know. Uh, all right, moving on topics. Uh, we wanted to talk about some of the big topics in college football this weekend. Number one, first and foremost, Nick Saban complaining. Who would have thought, Coach? God, is, that, that, is that all he does, dude? <laughs> shut up and just take your ten million a year and your championships and go. Hang out with your wife or something, dude. Like, golly, I can't stay and listen to that guy. <laughs> All right. So that's perfect. I'm glad you're passionate about it. Did you hear uh, what he complained about this week? Yes. The student section. Like, bro, quit playing the Little Sisters of the Poor at home for the first six weeks of the season, and you won't get that. Like, dude, I'm, I'm over saving. Like, dude, he, he could coach any team I ever field because obviously he's an amazing coach, but I can't stay and listen. He, he finds something to complain about every single week, and he has the least to complain about every single week. So, so here's what he said. I can honestly say I was a little disappointed there weren't more students at the last game. I think we're trying to address that. I think they're entitled. I don't think they're entitled to anything either. Me personally, I think it ought to be first come, first serve. If they don't want to come to the game, they don't have to come. But I'm sure there's enough people around here that would like to go to the games, and we'd like for them to come too because they support the players. Now, here's where it's problematic. As coach, you and I both attended college uh, and graduated. And when you pay your tuition, there's a little thing on there per credit hour called like a athletic fee, correct? Right. Some schools, your uh, coach is eating a Whopper. I forgot. So we got <laughs> to be careful. <laughs> I got lunch He's going eating. on right now. Yeah, he's eating lunch. That's how bad. That's how that's how desperate I was for a coach. I said he could eat a Whopper while we record the show. <laughs> so anyway. You pay 10, 11. I mean, when I was at UCF, it was the highest in the nation, I remember. And I was like, we have all these terrible sports teams. Why am I paying $15 a credit hour to pay George O'Leary's salary? <laughs> so so that's number one. Like, you, those are the students' tickets. They're not cutting down the student tickets. And yeah, maybe if they go unclaimed, they could sell them on game day. That's fine. But like you said, you know, I don't think people are clamoring to come watch them play Louisiana Monroe. And I, I know they need... You know, they need opponents. And I, I saw this, you know, with my friends at Oregon. You start to take things for granted. Oregon had like some 10-year or maybe 15-year sellout streak that was broken because they were got so used to Chip Kelly blowing teams out that it was like, nah, we're not even going to go to the game. Right. Like, and, and I think that's how it feels. And I, the, the thing that made this interesting for me was I saw a couple different players tweet about it, uh, like retweeting the article and saying – it would be nice to go to a school where fans come to the games and like, I mean, it, it, that struck me as 
you know, that's not good for recruiting if you have current players on the team going to Twitter complaining about attendance at Alabama. I mean, do, do you could you see that being something that could be used against them? I mean, yeah, but I, I think you see it everywhere, kind of. I mean, like I know just in covering Michigan like I do, the noon kickoffs, you know, kind of hamper people wanting to get there on time. Um, you know, these lackluster opponents hamper people from wanting to even come. I mean, the at-home experience or the bar experience or whatever you prefer to do on your game day is is so good now that being at the game is almost like a chore compared to just staying at home and eating the food that you want, hanging out with a couple buddies and watching the game and getting, you know, multiple replays and whatever the case may be. I just think that that's not something you want to complain about in a public forum. I don't think, I don't think, I mean, it's not like all of a sudden the, the students at Alabama are going to be like, Oh, Nick said we should go to the game. Let's go. Like that's like, I just don't see what the point is. What's he trying to accomplish? Cause I don't think it's going to change anything when they play good opponents and it's a big game. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be juiced. When they don't, it's not going to be like that. I think every, like you said, it was it was going on at Oregon when Chip Kelly was there. I see it at Michigan sometimes when they have, you know, they played Western Michigan and SMU at noon. Like the student section was like half full. It just happens. Like that's that's just the way it goes when you play a team that's not super exciting. And you know, when maybe the weather's not good or the time of the day is not good, it just it's part of it comes with the territory. Yeah, I just think that we hear there's a lot of feminine hawing over attendance is down, what the game is dying. No, the game is not dying. People like me who have five TVs in their office want to sit at home and chill all day and watch multiple games. I hate going to games. I, I don't really like it that much either. I, I say I sound like such a spoil like so many of my friends and family, my uncles, my dad would like would would kill to have my job, but I seriously almost look at an away game as like a week off. Like I just get to, I, I sit at home, I get to hang out with my wife, I get to watch more than one game, I get to actually see what happens. I'm down on the field. Like I don't even I can't even tell what's going on when I'm down on the field. Like you know, I mean it's it's a really cool vibe. It feels awesome, but in terms of actually watching the game, seeing a play develop, getting the the playback and the and the feedback from the announcers about what happened, just all of that, you miss all of that at the game, and so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the game is dying. It's not going anywhere, but there's, there's, uh, there's definitely some comfort and some, uh, you know, just some uh, some good vibes about watching it from the comfort of your own house than than sitting in the bleachers, especially especially up here up north, man. When you get to October and November, it gets pretty cold, and uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. Well, I, I fully admit that we are completely, utterly, and totally spoiled. So let's get that on the record. Right. Uh, but but it's true. I mean, I go to, you know, when the games are here in Atlanta, I try to go, you know, like the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic and stuff. I'll go so I can hang out and uh, see some players, talk to people in the press box and whatnot. But it's still, that's the thing. The game starts at 3.30. Okay, I got to leave here at 1. I get down there. I'm sitting there at 3.30. You're in, when you're in the press box, too, especially in these new stadiums, I mean, you you barely even hear the crowd noise because you're, like, sealed off inside. So it's really a sterile environment. Uh, you know, it's not exactly what people think it is. It's still fun, and it's still people would die to do it. But as I often tell people, you know, if, if I could tell, you know, 16-year-old me, Man, you could go to any sporting event you want, but you'll probably just stay at home <laughs> and work on your garden. And stuff. <laughs> you know, it would be quite a conversation. I'd love to. I'd love to hear. Uh, so, you know, as, as Coach put it best, you know, Saban's got to pick his spots on these complaints. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It, it, he also came out saying he didn't like the new red shirt rule recently. We were going to talk about that last week, and we didn't. But you know, he he fa- he fancies himself to be the don of college football. And, uh, you know, he's going to come out and talk about stuff like that. I wonder that, so. why a guy like Nick Saban wouldn't like the new redshirt rule. I mean, when you've got just six and seven, uh, you know, four or five-star kids at every position that aren't getting to play, why would he not like that rule? That's strange. Weird. Well, you think it was going to work. You thought it, it was going to yeah, work. These coaches like- didn't see this this angle coming. That's that. Th- th- it was the rule. It was like unanimous, wasn't it? All the coaches loved it. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, like, we didn't realize that upperclassmen could leave after not playing for four games. We didn't, we didn't count on that. Well, I have seen, I did see a story by Dennis Dodd from CBS saying that some of these guys, see, I was under the impression when guys started to leave after four games that they weren't going to have to sit out next year, but I'm told that they will have to sit out next year if they haven't graduated. Really? Okay. Well, I, yeah, if that's the case, then it's not going to be as big of a deal as it seemed like it would be. 
Right. I think we'll see it reeled in next year because there was, I think Taj Griffin was the guy he was using as an example. He hasn't graduated and he might not in time. And now he might have to go play like D2 <laughs> because he left, he's not graduated and he's a senior. So, um, I don't know. It's, it was a kind of a crazy story. So we'll be following that. Uh, Baylor, we haven't talked about them in forever. They got cited by the NCAA this week for lack of institutional control. They got their notice of allegations. Oh, this is a bad one, Coach. We know what happened with all the, uh, you know, the sexual assault and, you know, the Title IX issues. Uh, now everybody's gone. I think the president's gone. The AD's gone. The coach is gone. Uh, I don't know what happens now. <laughs> this could be a situation. We saw Matt Rule come there. He decided not to leave for the – I think he got offered an NFL job this past season. He decided not to leave. He stays. What do you think we could see here for punishment? I mean, we saw the NCAA you know, come down on Penn State and then kind of reel it back. How do you, how would you ha- how would you handle this, Coach? What punishment do you think should happen for Baylor? Because now we're looking at a situation where all the people that did the bad things are gone. It's still an issue that needs to be addressed. You know, how would you handle it? Would you handle it with a fine, or do you think they should get a bowl ban and all that stuff? Yeah, this these are one of those. This is these these situations are always weird because, like you just said, like the people that did the wrongdoing aren't there anymore. So the people getting punished had nothing to do with it. It's just a weird. I, I don't know how you handle it any differently. I mean, I think you've got to punish the the school to a degree, but at the, on the flip side, I'm like, man, those poor kids, you know, the freshmen, sophomores, maybe however long ago this was. I mean, it was obviously, it looked like it was going on for quite a while at Baylor, but most of the kids that are on the roster now had nothing to do with it. The coaching staff that's there now had absolutely nothing to do with it because they pretty much cleaned house once all this stuff came to the light. I, I just, it's just a weird thing. The same thing, you know, happened at Penn State. James Franklin comes in, he tries to start changing the culture and tries to start winning. And, you know, they have the scholarship limitations and the bowl ban and, and like they're getting po- punished for something that they had nothing to do with. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I, I would assume it'll be something similar to that. That seems to kind of be the way the NCAA goes, uh, you know, a two or three year bowl ban, maybe 10 or 15 less scholarships for the next two or three years, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those weird things. Like you're punishing the wrong people. I mean, Art Bryles obviously got fired and I don't know all the people who lost jobs, but I'm sure it was a bunch. And, and that's obviously a step in the right direction. But now, now all these people that are innocent and had nothing to do with the whole situation are gonna are gonna kind of feel the wrath, and that just seems a little bit misplaced. I don't know. I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a perfect solution for something like this. It's just unfortunate for all the people that were negatively affected, and now it kind of is continuing to affect people negatively that didn't really partake. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know what the solution is either. Obviously, they there needs to be some sort of punishment for what happened. Uh, and I, you know, we can't. Uh, you know, it's not like we can talk too much about it because we don't have the answers. But I did want to bring it up because I didn't really see it. Did you see? I mean, I stumbled across it when I was trying to figure out something for a Baylor recruiting article. Did you hear this? Really, it didn't seem like it was national news to me. Yeah, I don't. I was gonna as you started kind of talking about it. I was like, oh, I don't really know that much about this. I mean, obviously. It was talked about, but yeah, I, I feel pretty uninformed to be honest, exactly what happened and how it all went down and, you know, who is still there, who's not still there. I I mean, it's just not something that I followed super close. All right, moving on. We have this big trial going on in college basketball right now related to Brian Bowen and uh, the Adidas guys and a couple other, you know, people pay for play. It's, it, it, I cannot figure out how it's a crime. I still, I still don't understand how how Louisville giving money to a player to play for their basketball team is a federal crime. Do you, do you understand? <laughs> number one, do you understand how it's a crime? What's going on with this trial? Because I don't. No, I mean, is it bad for college sports? Absolutely. Is it a violation? I would say yes. But a crime? Like, what law was broken? I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't get that. Yeah, so I don't understand it either. But Dan Wetzel was tweeting about it. Our boy here at Yahoo, one of the uh, one of the best uh, columnists, sports writers, whatever you want to say, in the business. So he he had a running thread which I kind of wanted to read. Uh, he was in court yesterday. Okay, so he says in court this afternoon, Brian Bowen Sr. testified about offers relayed to him by Christian Dawkins for his son Tugs Bowen to sign with various colleges. So okay, Christian Dawkins, I believe, is some type of middleman handler type. Okay. Uh, He's the one who really blew the whistle on this whole thing. So, uh, and and Brian Bowen Sr., you know, his son, who was also named Brian Bowen, I guess he's going by Tugs in this uh, instance here, 
you know, the, the, the allegations are he took $100,000 to go to Louisville. So let's run down these things that, uh, that uh, Dawkins told Brian Bowen Sr. So Dawkins told Brian Bowen Sr. Arizona would pay $50,000 via uh, an assistant coach. Dawkins told him Oklahoma State would pay $150,000, $8,000 for a car and some undisclosed amount to buy a house. Dawkins told him Texas would help me with housing. <laughs> Dawkins told him Creighton would pay like $100,000 in a good job, like a lucrative job. Uh, as for any offer with the University of Oregon, Bowen Sr. did not recall uh, discussing that. Bowen Sr. said he was paid $25,000 for his son to play AAU ball one summer with the Michigan Mustangs. Yeah, I was uh, going to say Bowen originally from Michigan. Okay, well, it keeps going. Bowen Sr. testified he was paid five to $8,000 to play AAU ball with uh, Mean Streets of uh, Chicago. Uh, Bowen Sr. was paid 2000 a month to have his son attend La Lumiere. I guess that's his high school. Uh, Bowen Sr. said Dawkins told him an original offer of sixty dollars to $80,000 from Adidas to attend Louisville was increased to 100000 because that's how much Billy Preston got to go to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps going, you know, that, that basically sums up the offers. That's an insane exchange for a guy who was fine. But I mean, I don't think, you know, Brian Bowen is now eligible and he's not in the NBA. That's you know, exactly like, what I was going to say this. I mean, he was like a highly ranked kid, but this is not like the elite of the elite that you see, you know, each year, a handful of kids that are just like, would be, would be, 100% locks to go straight to the NBA if it was still allowed. He's not one of those guys. So th- this is just, oh man, what a slimy, what a slimy deal basketball is just across the board. Well, so obviously, so he's playing in Australia for the Sydney Kings okay, now. I didn't even know that. I mean, which is crazy. He was, I think one of the reasons he had so much money is because he didn't sign. He was like one of the last few people available. Um, so yeah, I think I think that was the issue. Oh, he he withdrew from the draft. So he's in Sydney playing. He's probably going to be in the draft uh, this year. So anyway, the the point is, <laughs> this is insane. And I kind of wanted to tie it back to football because people think that a lot of these players in football, you know, people say, oh, they're getting paid. They're paying him. It, based on my institutional knowledge, and I probably have more than you, based on you know, the people I have to deal with for my job, you know, there are, there are people who get paid, there are deals that are made, but these numbers seem astronomical. I mean, this, from what you've heard coach, just, you know, through the grapevine, through various rumors and rumblings, these numbers are crazy. You don't think we would see these in football, do you? Uh, (laughs) I mean, first of all, there's a lot more. There's a, I mean, there are just, there's a lot more bodies. So I, you know, I think it, it, Probably, you know, just stands to re- reason that there there's not as much to go around because there's a lot more, you know, basketball recruiting classes are what two to five kids maybe. Yeah. You know, football is twenty to thirty, so that that by itself would it's not like these <laughs> it's not like these schools have a money shortage either though. So I, you know, I don't know, but I've heard numbers that high and higher for some of the elite elite blue chip football players, but I don't think it's. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who would be like a comparable prospect to, you know, to a Brian Bowen type, but well, we probably shouldn't say anybody's name. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm not going to say any names about anything that I've heard, but it just, you're probably talking, okay. Brian Bowen was a five-star, but he was like the number 21 prospect in a class, but there's only, you know, we're talking about the rivals 150 or whatever, you know, we might even get a three-star towards the back end of that. Right. So you're basically talking about a, uh, a four star on the two fifty range, or maybe even maybe lower than you know, out of the rivals two fifty. Yeah, so that does, yes, to, to that point, the amount of money seems seems high. In my in my opinion, as I mentioned, it's just like anything else. Bowen was the last guy available that kind of motivated the market for people wanting to get him. I think he was the MVP of the Jordan Brand game, which kind of helped his stock because that's an all star game when usually most of the guys are already wrapped up. With their recruitment. So this was kind of what we saw. And this is interesting because now we have the early signing period. 
we saw some guys who didn't sign early essentially blow up and get all types of offers in January because you had especially coaches at new schools trying to fill the recruiting classes. So you may have a three-star all of a sudden get 20 offers and people are like, oh, he's underrated. Well, it's like, no, he's just available. Um, so I think that's what happened here. I do think, you know, look, we're not going to we're not going to lie. But, you know, people get money. And guess what? I, I personally think the players should be paid. I think they should be ma- able to make money off their likeness. So I'm not going to begrudge them for getting money. I still just don't see what is the crime. <laughs> Why are we in federal court what? right now? Uh, who cares? And, and I, I have an issue with, pe- you know, people are, you know, I just feel like who is the one person who has suffered through that, throughout this entire thing? Okay. Rick Patino got fired and is getting his money. Brian Bowen's in Australia playing in the NBL. <laughs> He's the one person who who essentially is suffering here. All the schools that we just listed off, all those coaches are still there. Nothing's happened. So I feel I just feel like this is an unfair situation. Obviously, the people who got arrested uh, are suffering, but you know, I, I I still don't know what crime they committed. Yeah, just like I said, rule breaking, yes, violation, fines, you know penalties for the schools and the programs that's all cool but yeah federal court like for what for who <laughs> yes it's it's very weird uh all right moving on let's talk real quick about kentucky this is something i want to talk about last week we didn't get to talk about it kentucky's undefeated they're ranked number 13 in the country who who would have ever thought you know what type of situation would we be in where kentucky i saw on some other message boards in the sec this week people saying Kentucky's going to win the SEC East because they're going to win all their games and they're going to lose to Georgia, but Georgia's going to lose twice. So that means Kentucky will win. What are the chances, Coach, that Kentucky wins the SEC East? And how, how disappoint would you be disappointed that we don't get to see Georgia, Alabama? I mean, what, what's your take on what you've seen from Kentucky? I, mean, I, I, I haven't watched them much. I mean, I know they beat Florida. I've been, I've been keeping up with Benny Snell a little bit, making plays. Um, yeah, I mean that's crazy. Like, I mean, you always hear about LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn. I mean, Kentucky's like never even mentioned in that discussion, like ever. So, for yeah, for them to come up and potentially be, you know, in the SEC championship or competing for a championship, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to equate it a little something more familiar with myself. Like that'd be like I don't know Illinois or somebody doing that in the Big Ten, or you know maybe Purdue, probably not like a Rutgers or anything like that yet. But yeah, it's very unlikely. Would I be upset? I don't know if that's the right feeling I would have. I think parity's good. You know, is Kentucky going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship? I would say strongly no. But then again, if they win the games and have the right to be there, then then they should be there. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't have thought this at the beginning of the season. I granted, I'm and I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about Kentucky's football program, um, and that kind of that kind of speaks to what it is <laughs> in itself. You know, I don't know that much about them because they they haven't been worth knowing about. Uh, so, <laughs> well, so r- remind me about Benny Snell. What nobody didn't he wasn't highly recruited, correct? Do you remember him as a? prospect? I don't remember him as a prospect. I just remember seeing him. You know, seems week in and week out putting up big numbers. And I've seen a oh, actually our boy star of the podcast, our boy Dave Lackford, did a little breakdown the other day on Twitter, like he does. He's, <laughs> oh he's banging against the TV screen with his remote control and swearing and yelling at the screen but uh but yeah I mean he's just put up big numbers and you know he's 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 a kind of a power back and uh, yeah I would assume he wasn't a very highly you know coveted recruit but he's he's I don't know if he's being talked about for Heisman or anything like that but he's a big reason of why they're winning and, and they they kind of you know they kind of had this smash mouth approach and and yeah they're they're winning they're winning some big games you know kudos to them Our- so if you are listening to this podcast and you enjoy Dave Lackford, sometimes host, go to his Twitter. He sent me those videos. He texted me those videos. It's him doing like a film breakdown type thing where he's hitting his remote into his screen. It's, of his it's t- like leaving streaks across like the LED screen. Like, you know, when you push against your computer screen and it like that's what he does with his remote on his TV, his own TV. It's pretty amazing. It's it's incredible. I personally think we should launch it as a video series on Rivals, <laughs> uh, Lackford's film breakdown, because it's so funny. And he's like, am I right? Am I right? He's not even I'm trying like, to can't. be funny. That's the funniest part. No, no, he's this not trying to be right funny. right here is the dog just like <laughs> yelling at this. It's amazing. Uh, I wish I had the sound. I wish I had a producer to put the sound in yeah, right here. Yeah. 
but uh, I'm very impressed with Kentucky. And guess what? This is one of the best years in the history of Kentucky recruiting in the state. They took a lot of flack for missing out on a lot of guys. I think we're going to see them close strong. I think there's some guys out there that they're high on uh, that, 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 you know, I mean, if we go through the state rankings, okay, the number one guy, uh, Stephen Heron is headed to Stanford, but from there on down, you know, Wandale Robinson, who, who I think is visiting Ohio state this week and already took an official to Alabama, uh, you know, Kentucky, thinks they're going to get him. J.J. Weaver, another guy who's ranked high, they think they're going to get him. So I, Jared Casey, four-star linebackers committing next week. I think you're going to see them close with three or four four stars in the state, and uh, and that's going to be pretty good for them. So keep an eye on Kentucky. Sneaky. And, and you know how they've done it? By going into Ohio and taking players that nobody wants, like Benny Snell. I was going to say, so Benny Snell, not even a Kentucky kid, but – the number fifty-eight kid in the state of Ohio, and you know he had a decent he had a decent offer list, but nothing, you know, nothing that jumps out like crazy. He had Iowa, he had uh, Boston College, Kentucky, Cincinnati, but yeah, you know, Kentucky snagged him up, and you know now he's making big plays for them. So, uh, now Josh has to live that one down. <laughs> uh, uh, thank God he's not from Kentucky because I couldn't deal with it. I'm already I'm already on Rondale War, uh, Rondale Moore nonstop. People in my mentions uh, complaining about his ranking. So, uh, good job by Benny Sell. Like you said, he could be in the Heisman mix. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, moving on, do we want to talk about Michigan at all? Coach, you're the Michigan expert. Uh, real quick, I personally think – where are we at with Tariq Black? When is he coming back? Do we have an update? Uh, you know, no, Harbaugh doesn't give us updates on anything. So, uh, I mean, he's, he's been – we've been told that he will play this season. That's about, that's about okay. as much detail as we've gotten. I continue to say that he could be the key. I think missing him uh, the week of that Notre Dame game really hurt them. Do you think they've righted the ship? What's your prediction? How they finished? Think they can get ten games? Yeah, you know, I don't know, man. It's just like I said at the beginning, they, they've kind of been up and down so far. You know, I, I think you know they went on the road and lost by seven to Notre Dame, and at, we've seen that Notre Dame's actually a pretty good squad, so that that doesn't look as bad. But then. You know, squeaking by Northwestern, not really dominating an SMU team. Um, you know, offensive line still seems to have some issues here. Play calling seems to be something that gets talked about after each week. A very conservative, not opening it up. I mean, Michigan's got talent. They they have talented players. They've recruited very well since Jim Harbaugh has been there. You know, Shea Patterson looks like the real deal. He's completing more than seventy percent of his throws. He's been mobile when he's had to be, but they don't they don't really use that at all. That's kind of one of the things I mean, like. I don't know, man. It's just it's one of those things, if you want to be critical, you can be because they're going to be more talented than every team they play this year except for Ohio State. So in my mind, that sh- those should mostly be wins. I mean, you know, in college football, when you go on the road, there's things that happen. Michigan State on the road, Notre Dame on the road, Ohio State on the road, those are tough games. But Michigan's going to be more talented than everybody they play except for Ohio State. And I guess Notre Dame, they're probably right there neck and neck with them. But I don't know, right? <clears throat> it has the ship been righted? I mean, I guess that de- you know define what that means. Eight and five last year, that was not writing the ship. Ten win seasons, the two years before that, I think is that needs to be the floor. I mean, that needs to be the floor for Jim Harbaugh, who's being paid the same amount as Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney and Urban Meyer, but not winning the same as them. I mean, that's those are just the facts. All right. Well, uh, I think I think Shea seems to have take Shea seems to have his confidence back. I like the swagger I saw in that comeback against Northwestern. Uh, I can't remember if I had the might have had the under in that game or something. So I was <laughs> I was watching closely. But uh, was a big favorite for that one. So I think they I think they might have been 17, 17 point favorites for that game as well. So like we said, they don't yeah, do well. So- they don't do well against the spread usually, especially on the road. Yeah, so if that informs you, uh, that's what you know. But I like what I've seen. I think Shea looks like he's got his swagger back, and I liked him running. Uh, I actually texted him uh, to say something about it, and he did not respond. So, Shay, what's going on, bro? Come on. Uh, anyway, all right, moving on. It's time for Tweet of the Week. Now, this week, uh, this was <laughs> there was a few tweets I saw that I really liked. Uh, one of them, I guess I'll read this one first. This is not the one. I'm, I'm going to find the other one. So Jordan Evans, who plays for the Cincinnati Bengals, went to Oklahoma, uh, is in the NFL, tweets, I really hate social media, space, 
but I ain't going to delete it though. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> that got 75 retweets and 527 oh. likes. Uh, so, so uh, anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. The other one that that really struck me, and I'm gonna have to scroll through my timeline here. And it was this was not an actual tweet that uh, <laughs> that, that this was a quote of somebody doing you know in a press conference. Um, so Manny Navarro, uh, one time friend of the show, I believe, who is a columnist uh, at the Athletic, used to be on the Miami Herald. Used to work for the Miami Herald. So Venzel Boulware, uh, former friend of the show, four-star recruit out of the Atlanta area, went to Tennessee and then uh, didn't play and now starts for Miami. So that tells you <laughs> something you might want to wonder about uh, the past Tennessee coaching staff's evaluation skills. Um, he tweeted, uh, or no, he did not tweet. Manny Navarro was interviewing him in a scrum. And people asked him, hey, you know, Venzel, what do you think of uh, Florida State's turnover backpack? Which you've seen this turnover backpack. Correct, I actually Coach? have not have not seen that. So it's like an expensive backpack. They put it on. They say it's not called a turnover backpack. It's about securing the bag. Uh, okay. Right? okay. So they get an interception. They put it on. So they, they asked Bulware, hey, what do you think of the turnover backpack? And he says, you mean the purse? <laughs> and they play this week, right? That's good. Because uh, it's a red bag. It's a red backpack. It's this colors of the Knowles, whatever, garnet, whatever they want to call it. But he called it a purse. And when I read that, I could not stop laughing. I th- thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And I would actually, I went to text him and say it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And I deleted his number out of my phone. So, Venzel, if you're listening, big shout to you. Um, all right. Rants and recommendations. Coach, I don't know how often you listen to the show. We do one thing where I complain, one thing where I recommend something. Do you have anything you want on either one of those fronts? I can recommend anything. It's like op- open-ended. Yeah, TV shows, having a Whopper like you did today, I mean, although your stomach probably should be hurting I was right say, now. Yeah, I haven't. We, I mean, before we started recording, I haven't had a Whopper in a really long time. Pleased. I'm, I'm pleased with the, with the quality of the Ann Arbor Burger King. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't had a Whopper in like nine years, go out and grab one. Why not? You know? <laughs> If I had, let me tell you something. If I had a Whopper in it, listen, I'm not exactly a beacon of physical fitness over here. If I, if I had a Whopper, my stomach would hurt for two days. I, I you know, uh, people, people assume when you're fat that you eat fast food and whatnot no, all the time. I, I'm can, telling I can attest to, to that, that Woody does not do that. Yeah. But if I had a Whopper, oh, ew. my problem is like cookies and stuff, man. I like the sweets. Yeah. See, I'm like the opposite. I don't really do sweets. I eat. Whoppers <laughs> and crappy stuff like <laughs> and, that. and pizza. How many times have you seen me turn down low quality pizza? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm actually not like a huge, huge pizza guy, so I, I can get on board with that. But um, I don't know, man. Just being out on the road, like it's hard to eat good. I just stop at crappy restaurants all the time and eat, and that's bad. But anyway, Whopper was good. It's been good. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I tell you what, if I'm in Michigan, I'm not getting a Whopper. I'm getting some Jets pizza, brother. Fan of Jets, uh, are you? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets is the best pizza you can get in terms of like a chain. Like fast foody type you know, almost, yeah. Right. And get that butter it crust. Is good. Let me it is good that. pizza. Oh, I'll give you that. I need the, I need the uh, eight, corner, eight corner pepperoni with butter crust, please. Okay. Shout uh, out to Jets. Big shot Jets. All right. So, Coach, now you sort of work in an office. It's more of like a – do you, you remember when you were in – for the listeners out there, remember when you were in school and they were like doing construction on part of the school and they put like a trailer outside oh, yeah. and you'd have to – Dude, I taught in one of those things when I was teaching. I had a, I had a trailer was my classroom. Right. That's kind of what your office is like, uh, right? I mean, we've got a building. You know, we, it's it's not like – you know, it doesn't look like the Google offices or anything, but it's it's sufficient. Is there like that wood paneling on there the wall? There absolutely is wood paneling on the okay. wall right behind me as I sit here. Okay. That's what I thought. I remember I went in there one time. Uh, so anyway, uh, you don't necessarily have normal office parties. I think you guys have like a Christmas party every right. year. Yep. Uh, where you've been known to win some nice prizes in the past. Correct. So here's the thing. And I saw somebody, one of my friends, put a post up on Snapchat and it was a sign up sheet for like an office potluck Halloween party. 
Now, it was a spreadsheet, and you put what you were going to bring to the party, okay? And it was like one person was like, you know, uh, I think the girl who posted it, uh, the woman, she was making some type of Oreo balls, which I don't know what awesome. they were. Dude, for, if you're a sweet tooth guy, you would love those. Just there's, there's another right. recommendation for you. So, so she was putting Oreo balls, and somebody else had corn, something to do with cornflakes, mm-hmm. right? Cornflake crunchies or something and i was like well you know what the hell is that number one <laughs> no who is making a dessert out of cornflakes then somebody else had red velvet balls and she took exception with you know hey i'm already making oreo why are we making red velvet and here's my problem in general we're having an office party you cannot leave it open-ended because guess what I don't, oreo balls probably taste good no one is eating those things with cornflakes just bring some chocolate chip cookies the sign-up sheet should have assigned Chocolate chip cookies, check. Uh, candy corn, which you know is controversial, but guess what? It's a Halloween party. Who's bringing candy corn? Don't leave it open ended because you end up having a party with all this cockamamie, you know, BS of red velvet balls and cornflakes and checks right. mix. No theme, and- no continuity, no no flavors that complement each other. Just all over the map. Right, and not to mention. I, I told her, I said, if someone brought chocolate chip cookies, they would all be eaten and those red velvet balls, there'd be one and a half gone because red velvet is terrible. People continue to insist. Well, I actually like red velvet. No, you don't. You like to think that you like cream cheese, baby. <laughs> Nobody likes red velvet. And I tell you, do a social experiment. Have a party. Put out 10 cupcakes of chocolate, 10 cupcakes of vanilla, and 10 cupcakes of red velvet, and see which ones get eaten first. Because I used to work in the press box at the Florida Everblades games, and they would put 15 of each. And if I got there late, there would be no vanilla, no chocolate, and there'd be 13 red velvet left. And I would say, why do you get the same amount of these? How about have 20 chocolate and 20 vanilla and 10 red velvet? Because nobody wants red velvet. Okay. I lived in the South for a long time. Popular choice down there. I'd take it or leave it. I mean, if I if I had my option between those three, I'm going, yeah, I'm going chocolate vanilla all day. Yeah. Well, everybody, that's the thing. But, you know, you want to be cool. Oh, I'm different. I'm I'm unique. I like red velvet. I, I actually prefer, you know, carrot cake to chocolate. No, you don't. Stop lying. Oh Everyone is a liar. I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of it. And luckily, at my office, they know. I don't even go in there, but they know not to mess with me because I will I will throw a fit if I came in there and there was a bunch of red velvet <laughs> cupcakes. I'd flip. I'd flip so tables. Was, was this a recommendation? Was what was this that we just did? This was a oh, rant. This, this, this is was a rant. rant. Okay. Okay. And a recommendation: If you're having an office party, don't don't leave people to their own accord because they cannot be trusted. There's a reason why they're spreadsheets cool, but put things on there already and let people sign up for what they want. Right. I'd be like, hey guys, you know, we need a funfetti cake. Uh, We need we need some. uh, What? Remember they used to do the things with the uh, what was it called? Where you'd take like cookies. You take like Oreos and smash them up and put like gummy worms in it. Oh yeah, that's you know, it was like supposed the, to be like what, uh, yeah, like the, worms yeah, and dirt, dirt type thing. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a Halloween right. party. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We do not need red velvet balls. We don't need anything with corn. If guess what? If I'm a manager and I put that sheet out, and you put some cornflakes on it. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Pack up your desk and get the hell out. I mean, Substitute so. the cornflakes with frosted flakes at least. I mean, come on. Cornflakes? Right. <laughs> what are you bringing? Pota- like all rotten potatoes? Like, what are you doing? Ah. I hate all rotten potatoes too while I'm at it. Get out of here. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm not a sweets guy. So if somebody brought like red velvet balls and like a pan of all rottens, dude, I'm, I am smashing the all rotten potatoes dude, all day. <laughs> My mom used to make those when I was a kid, and I'd get so mad. I would be like, can you just make mashed potatoes or a baked potato, please? I don't want to eat this disgusting thing because it's not like she's making them. I mean, we're talking Betty Crocker straight yeah, out of the box. Yeah, yeah, uh, I still, I'll still anyway. get down on some all gratins, dude. I like them. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Now, this one, we have a bonus round. I don't know how we're doing on time. I told you this was going to be fast. But I've been oh, eating my Whopper and drinking my Coke, and I'm good, man. We're, let's keep it rolling. <laughs> 
We're at the 45 minute mark. So we encourage people every week to leave us reviews, correct? Uh, you know, we've already pimped it once this week. We're trying to get to 100. I'm checking iTunes right now to see where we are. Uh, if I can get iTunes to work. It's not, it doesn't seem to be uh, cooperating. So I'll, I'll restart that. But I was in Anderson, South Carolina, your old yeah. stomping grounds, yeah, correct? I lived there for about a year. So I was in Anderson and I was at the uh, Ingalls. Now this is this could be a rant because I navigated to a Starbucks. Don't you hate you speaking of being on the road when you're traveling and you navigate to a Starbucks inside the grocery store and you get and it's inside a Target <laughs> or Ingles. The worst. I don't I don't go to Starbucks, but I've had that happen to, for like I don't drink coffee really, but for the Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah, you go and you're like, oh man, it's in this grocery store. Like, what is that? Right. So, but it was a half a mile from the school there at uh, T L Hannah. Must have been Hannah. Yeah. So I decide, you know what? I'm just going to make it work. I'm going to get some dinner. Guess what? Ingles, they got all types of Chinese food. They got a whole setup in there because, you know, some of these grocery stores is basically, that's it, you know, in the, in the small towns. So I go in there and uh, get some Chinese food, get some, get some, you know, watermelon and whatnot, order a coffee, sit down and start working. And I'm, I'm pounding away. It's, you know, it's a Friday night. I'm trying to catch up on some stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody say, hey, Woody. <laughs> and I had my headphones on. I turn around. Lo and behold, it's a guy who's a Clemson fan. And he goes, hey, man. Oh, big fan. <laughs> love, love the podcast. He gave me a real-life in-person review. He's like, I was walking around with my wife, and I saw I saw you sitting over there, and I, and I knew, hey, that's Woody from Rivals. I'm going to go talk to him. That is, that's so, awesome. So we get to talking and he tells me, he goes, oh man, I love the podcast. I love you and Nick. I hate Rob. <laughs> <laughs> he said he said in real life he hated Rob and wanted me and Nick to continue to keep uh, putting him in his place. So luckily, Rob never listens to the podcast, so he'll never hear this. Oh. But uh, it was pretty <laughs> funny good. when I called Nick to tell him he got a great laugh. Yeah, that's really good, man. That's funny. Have you ever been... So, so guess what? We need those reviews onto iTunes because we're still stuck on 97. In-person reviews are good. Uh, iTunes reviews are better because they help our placement, which, by the way, Coach, your podcast is way above ours in the rankings. Uh, that's because you have a specific mm. focus. I haven't, even done, man, I haven't even done one in a while, so kudos to my coworkers, man, for putting those out. So have you ever been recognized when you're out and about? Uh, I have, but it's it's it, not not like across the country like that. I mean, that's not gonna, obviously that's not going to happen though, because like you said, I have a very specific, very specific focus. But yeah, around you know around Ann Arbor, it's happened a couple of times, um, especially at the games. Like I, you know, I'm down on the field or something during pregame. Fans in the crowd will be like, you know, they'll yell out my name or something, which is just bizarre. I don't know. I've, I say this all the time, like. My dad, my buddies, um, people that I know in my actual life think I'm way more important <laughs> than I am or something. Like, I remember when I got hired, my dad was so excited for me, you know, and just thought it was the coolest thing as a Michigan fan. But he's like, yeah, it'll be so cool. Like, you can take me up to the press box, and, like, show me around and show me the stadium. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you understand how unimportant I am to the Michigan football machine because – that's not going to happen. And, you know, my friends, the same thing. They're like, Hey, uh, you know, I got friends coming to town. You think you can get us like a handful of tickets? And I'm like, no, no, I can't, I can't do that at all. So it's just, you know, it's kind of weird. I, we had a, we had like a meet and greet party one time where we invited guests from the site, you know, subscribers. So obviously they knew who we were there, but there were like dudes having me take pictures with them and their girlfriends and stuff. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, what, what do you, what do you think I am? It was very, very, very weird, but, uh, it's kind of cool, but it's, it's strange. Yeah. That, uh, the, obviously I have, I take pictures of the people on a regular basis, which is, is definitely weird, uh, because, uh, we are definitely nobodies, but I would say I try some of the best times I've been recognized and they're usually when I'm with Nick and Nick gets so mad, which I, because he just, he knows it just inflates my ego, which is always a problem as is, cause I'm so cocky. Um, one time we were at a game, Nick was filming, I was there taking pictures, and uh, the back judge uh, was, you know, working at back sideline, and he saw us, and he looks over and he goes, hey, are you Woody Womack? And, he, and I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, man, nice to meet you. 
during the game. <laughs> during a game. And the, I, I wish Nick was recording the groan he made because uh, he was so mad. Another time we were in uh, Nashville and we were at Honky Tonk Central, uh, HTC, uh, one of my favorite haunts. And uh, there was a guy there from the TV show, Are You the One? Have you ever seen that know. show? It's on MTV. It's a dating show. So so we sort of bump into each other. And I'm like, hey, I forget, I forget his name now. That shows you where I'm at in my development here. I go, hey, you know, whatever. He played at Ole Miss, though. So I say, hey, Evan, or whatever his name was. Uh, I go, hey, nice to meet you, man. Uh, my name is Woody. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I watched All You The One. And he's like, yeah, I read Rivals. That's hilarious, man. Because <laughs> he played at Ole Miss and is a big Ole Miss fan. That was a great one. And then last but not least, one night, uh, Nick and I were at Johnny's Hideaway here oh, in Atlanta. Yes. which. Di- uh, I took correct. you there, correct? Good times I've had at Johnny's. So I was at Johnny's on the dance floor, and a guy comes up to me and goes, hey, you're Woody? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, man, I'm a big Georgia fan, and immediately plunges right into talking about like Georgia's recruiting class. <laughs> Mid-dance floor oh, at Johnny's. Love so uh, Love it. Those are, those are the best. So we need all those people to leave us iTunes reviews. It's a long story short, and uh, – it's funny because we had a we had a gag for a while where it was a it was a running gag to make fun of Rob in the reviews and that guy did it in real life in the Ingles <laughs> at the Ingles Starbucks. So big shouts! All right, Coach Brown, if people want to follow you on Twitter, which I do not, uh, where can they find BSB you? underscore Wolverine? Okay, and when you can find Coach there, uh, retweeting Lackford's uh, film <laughs> breakdowns. You know, Lackford's mad because he wants to be on the show, but. Uh, Guess what? He's a district attorney. He's busy all day, and we record this during the I, day. So I would uh, so. probably pay to go like watch him work his daily, his actual job. <laughs> I've been on the phone with him before, where he's like cutting deals, and it's uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, so you know, Lackford uh, out there doing the Lord's work, putting people <laughs> in jail. Um, Matt, he turned snitch, he turned state's evidence <laughs> and, uh, now he's out there working in Kentucky. I saw him last week. We went to a game together in rural Kentucky where both of our shoes got oh, ruined. Man. Uh, it was not worth the trip. We'll put it that way. So that wraps it up for us. Tell a friend, we will be back on Sunday with a special guest, Josh McQuistian from the Oklahoma site. Now coach, you know, you were on week one every week. Uh, that I've booked a guest ahead of time at one of the major games that team has lost. So I had someone coming out from Oregon. They lost to Stanford. We had uh, Ben Volk come on from the Auburn site. They lost to LSU. We had you come on. And, uh, of course, Michigan lost to Notre Dame. So, yeah, it could be dicey. Uh, Last week, yeah, so – Watch out, Oklahoma fans. Take that into account when you're making your picks. And we'll be back Sunday with the show. Tell a friend, M. Deuce, play us out. 